This is Still in the Clear, the podcast that distills the art and science of home distilling into easy-to-follow, audible nuggets for the beginning moonshiner. I'm your host, Cyrus, and I'm just a guy that lives in the woods and likes to make shine. So let's get into it. Before we get started today, I want to remind you about The MASH. The MASH is our free bi-weekly newsletter that's delivered straight to your inbox. Each issue is packed with all kinds of useful moonshine stuff. You don't want to miss it. So go sign up at stillintheclear.com newsletter. I'll put a link in the show notes. Just click on that link. It'll take you right to the page where you sign up. Just leave your name and your email. It's all you got to do, and that automatically signs you up. This is episode four. It's an interview episode with Brandon Rose, a fellow moonshiner. He's also a member of our MeWe group, Moonshine for Beginners. Uh, He's always over there helping everybody out, and uh, we do appreciate Brandon. He's got experience also with homebrew and wine, and he's agreed to talk with us today about fermentation. So... There's quite a bit you can learn there. I would also like to apologize up front. The quality isn't that great. We did the interview over the phone and my equipment is, well, it is subpar for doing phone interviews. Hopefully, I'll be able to get the equipment I need and solve that problem in the future. But for now, let's just get into the interview. Okay, everybody, I'm here with Brandon Rose today, and we are going to be talking about fermenting. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing great today. How's it going, Sorry, Man, it's going real good. Always good. So, uh, tell me uh, what got you into home distilling. Uh, Home distilling, you know, (laughs) I started making my own booze being a broke bachelor, Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of, I kind of fell in love with the, the art of making wine and, and booze and, and being able to, to feel the effects from something that you made. Um, and then, you know, as a human being, you, you want to make it bigger, you want to make it better. And so I was watching Moonshiners, you know, one day mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, me and my wife and, uh, I thought, you know, I should get myself a still. And I ended up, she ended up getting me a little one gallon, she ended up getting me a little one gallon still for Christmas. Nice. And man, I ran that, I ran that thing a bunch. <laughs> right. So, uh, that's what got me into the home distilling part of things. Yeah. And you know, there's something when you're young and you first start drinking alcohol, you know, you, it's kind of like it's magic, right? Like you're, you're drinking something and then, uh, it has this effect on you. And then later when you realize you can, you can kind of make that magic yourself. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You're like a magician. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you start thinking later in life, man, I, I probably, maybe I should have paid closer attention in chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. So, uh, fermenting when, when we're going to talk about fermentation, Let's go ahead and start that conversation at right where you begin, right where you begin with the right fermentation where you begin, process. Right so, where you begin 
is uh, is with pitching your yeast. But with pitching the yeast, you're really just you're 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 starting the inoculation process, which is uh, what what allows you to to ferment sugars into alcohols. And so mm-hmm. you got to have good healthy yeast. And to do that, if you have dry yeast, you're going to need to rehydrate it. And if you rehydrate it and you add a little bit of sugar to some warm water, and it can't be above, I would say, 110. I, I would keep it around 80 to 100 degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you would you would add some sugar and some water and that yeast, and that'll get your yeast to blossom. And that's kind of where you want to start. You want to get it to bloom before you ever pitch it into anything, anything and, alcoholic anyway. Yeah. And when you say bloom, what that looks like is just like little foamy bubbles. Yeah. 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 It'll get a little cap. If you mm-hmm. put in a little cup or bowl or whatever you're doing, it'll get a little cap and then it'll fall. And it'll, it'll, <laughs> it's kind of an interesting process. Really. Yeah. Really fun to watch. Yeah. And if anybody's ever made homemade bread, they're probably already familiar with that process because it's the same thing. It is the same thing. Yep. So there's different kinds of yeast out there that you can get. Baker's yeast, brewer's yeast, champagne yeast, uh, all these different things. Uh, do you think it matters that much what you choose and why you choose it? Yes, it does. Um, and, and, and any brewer, home brewer, home distiller, winemaker is going to tell you that the yeast that you choose will impart its flavor upon your final product Mm -hmm. um and the temperature of which you ferment at that certain yeast will impart different flavors on that product so oh um yeast yeast are really awesome they're pretty finicky little bugs but they do their job they know what they're doing and if you if you choose the right one with the right you know mash or wash or or uh must or whatever you're making wort um they will impart different flavors, and it's it's really hard to pick which ones are going to do what for what you're looking for. But they they definitely all have their different uh, styles. Yeah, that's interesting that you talk about it being different at the different temperatures. Because I uh, I do all my fermenting outside, so my wife and I we live in this tiny little 14 foot by 18 foot cabin, and she is not letting me ferment inside. So, first of all, there's just very little space. You know, once once two adults and four dogs are in a space that small, there's not much room left for a fermenter. But beyond that, uh, she's not going to let me stink up the house with. It. So I've always fermented outside, and so I get yeah, I get pretty wild fluctuations in temperature. I can only do it certain times of the year. Once the evenings don't get too cold, you know. So uh, that's interesting. I have to look into yeah. that more closely, and maybe I, maybe I should be controlling my temperature better than I am currently. Well, there's lager yeast, and that's that that'll go down quite low, uh, below 40 degrees, I believe, but not much. Uh, I think around 38 to to 48 is where it thrives, and it takes a lot longer to to ferment anything, like you know months. Oh but wow! But the yeast is actually alive. The the yeast is actually alive doing its job. So lager lager yeast is is an ale yeast, but it's what's that word mutated or changed itself to adapt to cold weather brewing. So, well, that's pretty interesting. I'm definitely going to try yeah. it. Yeah, cool. Okay, so now I'm going to uh, 
I'm going to get into some of these questions I found on the internet. And I just started Googling stuff. And, you know, how Google will recommend commonly asked questions. Yeah. So, uh, I'm just going to start with those. Um, can moonshine mash ferment for too long? Not in my experience. No, you can, uh, you can step, step feed your mash, which means opening the vessel and adding more sugar intermittently to get a higher alcohol content. And people do that with mead a lot um, mm -hmm. to get to get a to dry, you know, to get a drier uh, mead. And so you, you can't ferment too long. The yeast will only do so much. They'll only go to a certain alcohol content before they just won't make any more. They can't eat any more sugars to turn into booze. And so they'll just kind of die off and go dormant. Yeah, so what you're talking about is uh, by volume, once the alcohol level reaches a certain point by volume, there's too much alcohol in uh, in that whole mixture for the yeast to survive. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying. And I, th I think it's somewhere around like 20% alcohol. Once ABV reaches around 20, you just, that's, you're just kind of topping out. Theoretically, you yeah. can't go any higher than that. Theoretically, you, you can't. I know Sam Adams um, did a beer called the Millennium Beer, and uh, they got it up to 35% um, or somewhere in those, oh, wow. somewhere in that mark. Um, and that was without distilling or, you know, whatever they call it when they add booze to to beers or wines to make them stronger. Yeah. Um, and they did that, nat they did it naturally. <laughs> wow. And I don't know. I, I don't know how it happened. It was uh, something, you know, very, they must have studied it pretty good to figure out how to get that yeast to go up to 35%, but they did it. Yeah, maybe they were able, able to culture their own, uh, like, super yeast strain or something. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I kind of remember watching a show about it, and that's that's uh, that's what they did. It was definitely, <laughs> definitely some science behind it that I, it's too advanced for me. <laughs> right. And so how long, by the way, that question, on average, 70 people per month ask Google that question. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> uh, how long before mash turns to vinegar? Um, mash won't turn to vinegar unless, you, unless it's introduced to oxygen. Um, there has to be some um, acetobacters that are introduced um, to your mash in order for the those bugs to turn the alcohol into vinegar, and uh, from what I hear, it only takes a few days to for that to actually happen for that process to start. It, it might take more than that for it to finish and turn your whole batch into vinegar, and you might get a little vinegary taste off of a off of a mash, but normally it'd still be okay to run if it's if it's when it's only just a couple of days that you got introduced to air. So yeah, I know I've uh, I've ran batches through my still that had a hint of a vinegar, um, and it turned out fine. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, you couldn't even tell in the uh, in the head or anything. Product. Yeah. Okay. And uh, fifty people a month ask that. Mm -hmm. Twenty people a month ask 
should I or should I not stir mass during fermentation? Yeah, you know, that's that's a matter of of um, kind of opinion. Uh, you could. It really doesn't do any good whether you do or don't. <laughs> and it, that's in my experience anyway. Uh, maybe if you're going to be adding to your mash, which I've been doing a little bit of lately, just to experiment a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't really think there's going to be an effect any either way. So you can or you can't. It just depends on how um, anxious you are. It's not going to speed anything up. It's not going to slow anything down. <laughs> yeah, that's been my experience too. Okay. Um, can I add more yeast to my mask after I've started fermentation? Yeah, you can. Um, but if you're already fermenting, I don't see why you would need to. It's It's only going to speed things up if you're not fermenting if you're if your yeast are stressed out and you know the difference of stressed yeast you can kind of smell it if your yeast are stressed out and they're not producing you can you can smell it uh smells really beery and yeasty <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it's not kicking off proper you might be, have a little bit of bubbles here and there but you know on your airlock but you're not um you're not producing good then you can definitely pitch more yeast in it. It, it. It'll help. But if you're already fermenting at full, full bore, full capacity, then there's no point in adding more yeast unless it's dead yeast for you know nutrients, which is a different subject. <laughs> right. Um, can you add too much yeast? Eventually, yes, yes, you can. It'll definitely impart yeasty flavors. I've noticed this. I've done it with with homebrew beer um, and some wines will actually take on a yeast flavor and you can't really get it out. It's always kind of there. And distillation, it's not an issue um, as much. You're not going to really affect, um, you're going to distill out the yeast flavors is what I'm saying, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in home beers, homemade beer and and, and wines, you're definitely going to, you can definitely put too much in there for sure. Okay. And 140 people per month ask Google how much yeast do I use per gallon of mash? <laughs> That's such a funny question. It's uh it depends on the manufacturer mm-hmm. uh that that the yeast comes out of. You know, there's Lavlin, there's Y yeast, there's Red Star, you know, um they're all gonna have different suggestions as to how much to add per gallon. They usually will come in these little packages that are about two and a half tablespoons to three tablespoons for a five gallon batch. I forget what it is. Maybe it's a tablespoon or five, five grams, milligrams. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I don't really know the measurements of the packages, but really it's, it's probably, I would say a tablespoon per gallon, uh, you know, and that would probably get you started on any mash wash uh, wort or must, mm-hmm. um, whatever you're looking at making it tastes probably a tablespoon per gallon is what I'd recommend. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a little bit higher than usually what I will tell people. I, I usually say as a general rule, one tablespoon for five gallons, but right. yeah, I've only ever used, uh, daddy yeast. So, and it works pretty good at that volume. Yeah, <laughs> daddy, daddy, daddy yeast does work 
really well like that. It's it doesn't need a doesn't need a lot. Doesn't take a lot for that one. Mm-hmm. And what are the consequences for distilling before fermentation is finished? Oh, you're gonna. Uh, there's actually some pretty good consequences. I I haven't found out personally, <laughs> but uh, it'll definitely. Uh, send some off flavors into your into your spirits. Um, I've tasted it. I haven't experienced it myself. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I got a buddy that makes some shine, and and you can tell he was a little bit uh, raring to go um, and didn't want to finish his didn't want to finish his fermentation process. Mm-hmm. You can just tell it in the taste. Um, it's just a little off. I can't explain what what the flavor is, but it definitely does something. And I, I wouldn't suggest it. Yeah. And besides that, you're just missing out on volume. You know, you're yeah. losing quantity also. So. Yep. You'll notice even if you don't gas or, you know, degas your, your wash before you put it in your boiler, um, that you're going to get some off flavors. And it's kind of like that. It's kind of carbon. Like there's, there's carbon dioxide trapped in there. And it it'll really give your your liquor some off flavors. So uh, what is that when you say off gas? What does that process look like? The off gas is is, is one of the byproducts of, of fermentation. Um, they the the yeast eat sugars and and turn them into alcohols, but they also they also produce a byproduct of carbon dioxide, and it gets trapped in your wash and Kind of, it it has a a big effect on on your final product if you don't degas that uh, trapped carbon dioxide. Um, and you'll also take you'll also run a risk of you know overpressurizing your vessel your, your boiler. <laughs> There's a lot of bad things that can happen <laughs> for sure. And so is that just uh, stirring your wash and letting it sit for a certain amount of time? Yeah, you can you can. Um, for different products, it, it it's different amounts of time. But yeah, basically just stirring it up. I have a whip that goes on the end of my drill. It's called a wine whip. Um, it can fit down in a carboy, and it just whips. It just it just aerates it, mm. kind of like you do. Before, you know, when you're before you pitch your yeast, you got to kind of do it right before it's right before you run too. So, okay, fifty people per month ask Google. What is the fermentation time for sugar wash? <laughs> so you can kind well, of tell uh, these questions are from people that are just trying to get into it, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's totally, they, 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 I mean, how, uh, else, how else are you going to find out? Google's a great resource. You know, right. sometimes people in the internet aren't very nice about things, especially the new guys. And That's one of the things I really love about um our moonshine for beginners group over there on MeWe, man, everybody is so nice. Like it doesn't yeah. matter what your question is. Nobody's making fun of you. You know, uh, everybody's helpful. I've been on a lot of groups and that's a really good one. There's some really great folks over there. And then those, um, I'm on some Facebook groups too for moonshine and man, some of those folks can be brutal over there. 
Yeah, you know, the brutalness probably comes because they've been dipping into their product a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's true. And I'm on some Facebook groups, and, and the, the MeWe one that we got going on is really, uh, really informative and really polite at the same time, and that's nice. Yeah. But uh, to get back to the question, I believe there is no really certain time. Like I said, it depends on temperature, volume and yeast durability, I guess you would say, what 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 yeast you're inoculating your product with, uh, mm-hmm. what type of yeast. That turbo yeast, they have a 24 and a 48, and neither one of them do what they say. I used Dady on a sugar wash my first time around, and I got from 1.090 specific gravity down to zero in three days. And it was a five-gallon, you know, carboy mm-hmm. glass carboy and it was two days it had it was almost done and on the third day it was ready to roll so yeah that's that just good. had good conditions i i i fermented inside so the temperature was great uh mm-hmm. you know around 70 well 68 to 72 and uh it's just prime just just depends man there's no actual <laughs> i see it i see that question come up all the time and it, it really is just a too many factors to nail down a, a time yeah. but if you're running grain it's going to be less if you're running fruit it's going to be more uh if you're running a sugar wash you know you can probably consider that you know somewhere in between a grain and a and a fruit i imagine yeah um but it's refined so the process is kind of quick with wash or sugar wash anyway mm-hmm. and if you if you invert your sugars in the sugar wash it's even it could be even quicker because you're just turning your refined sugars into you're splitting them in half so the yeast know which sugars they want more and they'll you know they'll attack it that way. Yeah, they uh, they kind of triage they triage the uh, the sugar. They go after the stuff they yeah. like the most the first, and so that speeds up the process for them, and they don't get wore out from. Uh, trying to devour the sugars that are harder for them to devour. Yeah, and then you get less of those off those off flavors in your final product. Mm. I I guess that's why people like using uh, corn syrup, which I I've never done, but I hear a lot of people using corn syrup, which is an inverted sugar, right? Yeah, yeah, and as, as same with dextrose. Dextrose is already it's it's corn sugar. You know, it's just not in syrup form. Same thing with that. It's it's already inverted and it's ready to go. And some some people say you can actually just use corn sugar and you know it'll be taste just like corn liquor. But yeah, that's not true. You're not getting the you're not getting the actual you know leftover starches that carry over into your into your flavorings right. um, that that hang out there in the water. You know because you're when you're distilling you're going to get a little bit of water in there and that's where the flavor comes from is from that. So right. That's that's why I like using. Um, well, that's I, I like the lower proof stuff, just because I like um, I like those flavors to transfer through. You like the lower ABV to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's why I mean I run a pot still and I don't even run a thumper. Yeah. So I'm not getting yeah. I'm not getting 160 proof. I'm getting at the beginning. I'm getting like 140, 
best on my right. best. Day. And, <laughs> that's good. That's uh, that's that's where all the flavors at, man. Um, that's why they run whiskey and pot still and rum, and they want to hold that flavor. They might run it a couple times, but I still think even running it a couple times, you're keeping the flavor in a pot still, man. That's yeah. That's where, that's where all the goods is at. Uh, yeah. So I, I, you know, you had mentioned a specific gravity, which is another conversation I want to have for the beginners. I don't, I don't think I want to do it with this conversation, but the thing about specific gravity, I, I think, which helps with fermentation, is it, it gives you so much more data that you can correct on in the future, but you don't, you can still you can still make your own whiskey and know nothing about specific gravity. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can. Mm-hmm. You're, but, you're just yeah. If there's any, if there's any issues with your wash, it's going to be harder to pinpoint where they're at if you don't have a specific gravity. Basically, it's a starting point to know what what you got going on. Well, yeah, I mean, without knowing your specific gravity, uh, you're pretty much just guessing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. A lot of so, guesswork. Yeah, which is fine. You can do it that way. I did it that way. I'm sure a lot of people start out that way, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Are there? Uh, that's all I had from the uh, from the Google searches. What you have anything you want to add to the conversation of fermentation? Man, you know, fermentation really is like is is part of the reason that I enjoy. Um, brewing or 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 distilling or any of it that's it's one of the one of my favorite processes it's it's exciting to put something especially in a glass carboy and watch it how it lives and and breathes and and you're making you're making magic man yeah <laughs> like you said like we said in the beginning it's it's magical it really is um to be able to take one one thing and make it another that uh has a magical effect on you it's pretty amazing stuff yeah it is um and I, I'll probably, you know, I haven't learned how to do any vinegars yet, um, but I, I've been practicing with figuring out how to use wild yeast, um, how to how to collect it, how to use, um, how to make my own ginger beers with the yeast that are already on there. Um, it's 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 not limitless, but there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there that is really fun about fermentation. This excites me and. You know, it's going to keep on with it, keep on figuring it out. Yeah, it is a deep rabbit hole if you want to go down it. <laughs> yes, it is. That, that's something I'm going to do this year, too. It's, uh, we, on our property, we have a lot of wild blueberries, and I'm going to try and get some uh, wild blueberry yeast. Ooh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the yeast, you know, they, the yeast is one one organism, um, and they say it... it, it 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 just is what it is, you know. I forget what the psychromyces something or other, and that that's going to be what it's going to be always. And so wild yeast are out there, and lab yeast and and whatever. But you know they they mutate and they change and they um, adapt. Right. So they're pretty pretty smart little bugs, and it's pretty interesting what they can do. Yeah. All right, man. Well. Brandon, I sure do appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. And uh, maybe we can do it again sometime on another topic if you want. That would be my pleasure, sir. Thank you for uh, for reaching out. And uh, hope all goes well. And Right on. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Share this episode with people you think might enjoy it. That would be much appreciated. It'll sure help our show grow. And don't forget, doing is improving. Have a good one. Talk to y'all next week.